Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you. everybody we got a song for the church choir <laughs> singing about somebody that we call that man jesus come on clap your hands everybody come on <laughs> this one for the church choir come on i search come on all over come on trying to find Someone, but in my search, I was faced with reality. Come on, that no one, come on, could ever match. Come on, cry, no one can do. No one has shown a greater love. Come on, everybody, there is. Come on, no one. We're singing about that blessed Savior. Come on, what's his name, y'all? Your name is 
Sweetest name on earth. 
Salem. We want to welcome you to the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Baptist Church. Those who are members and those who are associates joining in in our worship experience. We pray that this worship experience will bless you in the days and weeks to come. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll first have our scripture, then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Our scripture comes from Psalm 46 verses 1 through 7. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations rage, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for this day and this hour. As we continue to press our way, leaning and depending on you, we know that in your own time, our change shall come. So we invite you into this virtual sanctuary on today, God. Meet us all at our point of need. Build us up where we need building up. Fix us where we need fixing. 
and we'll be ever so careful to give your name all of the honor, all of the glory, and all of the praise. This is your servant's prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be further led in worship now by our Ministry and Fine Arts Musical Ministry.
Hallelujah. It is now time for prayer. And as we prepare ourselves and our hearts and our minds for prayer, we want to be mindful of all of our elected officials, those serving at the federal, state, and local level, and all of our military personnel, those that are hospitalized this week, Brother Crandon Thompson in Clarkston Hospital. Then there are those that stand in need of additional prayer. Sister Betty Jo Hill in Maple Crest Care Center. Sister Alice Lewis hospitalized in Bergen Mercy. Sister Mary Frances Moore. Sister Susan Reese of St. Louis, Missouri. Sister Frances Stevens. Sister Jacqueline Titsworth. And Sister Felicia Watson. Brother Derek Cribbs, hospitalized in St. Louis. Brother Elma Darby. Brother Isaac Goodwin. Brother Walter Goodwin. Brother Brandon Jimerson. Brother Arthur Johnson. Brother Frank Stewart Sr. Bishop Robert Tyler. Brother Jasmine Westbrook. Brother Jermaine Westbrook. Brother Charles and Sister Yvonne Williams. Then there are those that stand in the need of prayer due to the loss of a loved one, Sister Margaret Lockett and Brother Eric Lockett in the loss of their son and brother, Zachary Lockett. Brother Phil McLean Smith, Al and Tony Meeks in the loss of their cousin, Gertrude Butler. Funeral services were held on Friday, December 4. Reverend Keith Allen in the loss of his father, Reverend James S. Allen. Funeral services will be held on Monday, December 7, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Sister Michelle McCain and Seal Morgan Smith in the loss of their sister-in-law, Posey Knight. Funeral services will be held on Saturday, December 5th. Brother Tom Daly in the loss of his brother, Frank Daly, Funeral services will be held on Wednesday, December 9th at 11 o'clock a.m. from Greater New Hope Baptist Church. Sister Barbara St. John, the loss of her brother Clarence O'Neill in Las Vegas, Nevada. And Brother Kev Kevin Kelly in the loss of his mother, later Maggie Lewis Kelly, and his father, Archbishop Arthur L. Kelly funeral arrangements are still pending at this time. Let us go to the Lord now in prayer. Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. If thou wilt withdraw thyself from me, oh, whether shall I go? I do believe, I now believe that Jesus died for you and me. And through his blood, his precious blood, from sin we shall all be free. God, we've come on today to thank you for who you are and how you bless us. We've come on today to thank you in spite of all that's going on all around us. You continue to hold us in the palm of your hand. 
We thank you, O oh God, for even the simple things. The air we breathe, the sight we have, the smell of our nostrils, and the taste from our lips. We also thank you, God, for those things that are so complicated in our life. Our political situation seems to have lost its mind. People are standing in lines waiting on food. People have lost their jobs. People have lost their homes. Families are being torn apart, God, and we don't know what to do but to lean and depend on you. We know, God, that in your own time, our change shall come. And so we are not going to grow weary in well-doing because we understand by the word of God that we shall reap a good harvest if we faint not. And so, God, we are leaning and we are depending on you. Show us the way, God. Show us the way. Guide our footsteps each and every day that we may come out on the other side of all of these things blessed and highly favored. Bless the shepherd of this house on today, O oh God. Comfort him even in his absence. Bless his family, those that are in his house and those that live abroad. Bless this Salem Baptist Church and all who dwell therein. Now, God, we ask that you take control of this worship experience, that you get all glory and honor, and all of us and people all over the world receive a benefit because of our faithfulness. It is in the matchless name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus the Christ, and for his sake alone we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Good morning, Salem. Truly, this is the day that the Lord has made. A few announcements on this morning. Our Salem Food Drive, in partnership with Thriving Financial, Saving Grace Perishable Foods, and High V Foods, will be held this Saturday, December the 12th, at 10 a.m. until all food boxes are distributed. If you're participating in this food drive, we ask that you would enter on 33rd Street. Thank you to the pastor's partners who helped make the sacrifice that we might be able to do this food drive. You can still be a pastor's partner by giving $25 this week as we prepare to assist those in need in our community. Want to also remind you of our Word for Your Walk broadcast which is aired each Sunday at 1.30 p.m. on the local CW network. Well, Salem, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. We are so looking forward to this time of year as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's also a time that we come together as a church and to provide a very special Christmas gift to our first family. Those of you who would like to participate and give to this effort, we're asking you that during the offering time, if you would so designate your offering that you would like to go to the pastor and his family for Christmas. You can do this if you're giving electronically 
simply by putting pastor's Christmas gift in the memo line. Or if you're using an offering envelope, just put in pastor's Christmas gift on the line that says other. Salem, thank you for your patience as we continue to review and refine our protocols for returning to in-person worship. We know that the time is not yet right for us to return to worship in person, but we're continually looking at all of our protocols. We're continually working with our healthcare professionals, and we're praying to God that the time is, will be soon. We thank you again for your financial stewardship during this time. All of our Salem members who continue to give their tithes and offering, and those who may not be formally members of Salem, but who continue to support the work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You may continue to mail your offerings in. Simply send them to Salem Baptist Church, 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. Feel free to drop your tithes and offering off at the church office Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. There's a secure tithe box just located just outside of the church office. You may also give through PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, or Givelify. Again, thank you again for your financial stewardship and we know that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Now, let us continue in worship as we turn it over to our music and fine arts ministry at this time. Yeah. 
no one like you from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same Lord there's no one like you our scripture today comes from the gospel according to Mark chapter 1 verses 1 through 13. Hear now these words. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. 
the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loosen. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness and he was there in the wilderness 40 days tempted by Satan and was with the wild beast and the angels ministered unto him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our sermon subject on today, how to survive your wilderness. How to survive your wilderness. According to scripture, there are four gospel accounts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic gospels because all three tell the story of the life and death of Jesus from a similar point of view. John wrote in a way that his readers would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that those who believed in him may have life in his name. Matthew begins his gospel with the genealogy of Jesus. Luke begins by writing a chronology of Jesus' life, beginning with the birth of John the Baptist from Zechariah and Elizabeth. However, Mark begins his gospel in the wilderness, where he gives the account of John baptizing and preaching a message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And so according to Mark, the good news of salvation doesn't begin with mysterious angels proclaiming peace, but the good news begins in a place that's lonely, disorderly, and dangerous. The good news according to Mark begins in the midst of trouble, tribulation, and torment. And what seems to be an unlikely place to do ministry becomes a place of preparation for positive things to take place. 
what seems on the surface to be a desolate and dangerous place becomes the perfect place for destiny to meet the divine. And while I don't know who I'm talking to this morning in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Baptist Church, I just stopped by to tell somebody that good news begins in the wilderness. And to be clear, wilderness is defined for our purposes on today as a wild, uncultivated, uninhabited, and inhospitable region. Notice the words that are used to describe the place where Mark begins his gospel account. Lonely, disorderly, dangerous, trouble, tribulation, torment, wild, uncultivated, uninhabited, and inhospitable. And so it seems to me that the gospel of Mark not only begins in the wilderness, the gospel of Mark begins with Mark proclaiming good news in a place where bad news was all around him. Much like our world on today, at the beginning of 2020, the nation was infected with the coronavirus pandemic, creating widespread fear, panic, increased mental illness, economic distress, job loss, companies forced out of business, and increased homelessness. The world witnessed a sudden and tragic loss of family members, loved ones, friends, and co-workers. Millions of people, regardless of social economic status or ethnic origin, who contracted the virus were placed in hospitals and forced to die alone for fear of spreading the virus to others. First responders are all but exhausted. Many are traumatized. Others have taken a leave of absence and some refuse to come to work. Insensitivity abounds, leaving everybody feeling as if we're living in an uninhabited and inhospitable wilderness. And although there are known vaccines, that have been approved and ready for shipment across the country. As of this morning, we're told that the number of vaccinations needed for first responders will fall woefully short. But even then, it's going to take some time before we get a handle on this pandemic. In the meantime, everyone has adopted the cliche, the coping cliche, new normal and new normal is sending strong indications throughout the world that life as we once knew it is no more and the longer it takes to end the pandemic the more people are going to feel that our wilderness will never end overcrowded hospitals refrigerated trucks makeshift morgues funerals with limited loved ones and friends in attendance tempers rising and hearts pounding are clear indications that this current generation has gone where 
where few have gone before, and yet the end result is a wilderness that we can't seem to shake. And so if you're a child of God, you should know with confidence that COVID-19 is just another wilderness opportunity. It's just another opportunity to show the Lord that your hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. You see, the folk who don't believe that COVID-19 is real are the same folk who don't believe in heaven and hell. They're the same folk who choose to disobey, disrespect, disavow and disregard God's miracle of science and scientists who have told us what to do in order to remain safe during this pandemic season. Wear a mask, watch your hands, and socially distance. They've told us to wear a mask, wash your hands, and be aware of social distancing. And just like the Israelites, who wandered in the wilderness for over 40 years because a handful of people were disobedient to the Lord's commands. The same thing is happening to us on today. A few disobedient people have caused a few months hiatus to become an extended prison sentence for everybody all because people just don't and won't believe. And so the truth of the matter is that if you are a true child of God, you should know something about being in the wilderness. You should know something about being on lockdown, and you should know something about trusting in God. And just so we're clear, my wilderness experience may not look like yours, but that don't take away from the fact that as children of God, we've all gone through something. Some of us have gone through some desolate places where we've had to deal with temptations, snares, long days, and cold nights. Others of us have gone through some crooked places and valleys so low that we began to believe like the Israelites that God has abandoned us and left us for predators to ravish and overpower us. And so like I've said, all true children of God have had their share of wilderness experiences. And if the truth be told, some of us are still wandering in the wilderness right now. And no matter what you call it, according to the text, it's still a wilderness. Whether it's a dying marriage or a dying loved one, it's still a wilderness. It may be a wayward child or an unfaithful spouse, but it's still a wilderness. It may be your first time standing in a food line while trying to hide your shame and pride from your friends, but it's still a wilderness. We may be in a state of quarantine, joblessness, on the verge of being homeless, but it's still a wilderness. 
Some of us are in a place where we are fighting for our very lives. And if we are not fighting poor health, we are fighting powers and principalities in high places. If we're not involved in church conflict, we're in the midst of the conflict regarding wearing a mask or not. If we're not wrestling with God, then we're wrestling with God's people. But you don't have to take my word for it. Just ask any true child of God and they'll tell you about all of their wilderness experiences. You see, those of us who've had our share of wilderness experiences knows what the wilderness looks like. We know what the wilderness feels like and we know what the wilderness smells like we know every rock we know every tree we know every bush and every hill and every valley we know every bug and we know every bird we know every creepy crawling thing in our wilderness some of us have been in wandering in our wilderness for so long uh, that we've gotten lost uh, and others of us uh, have given up on wandering uh, and decided to get comfortable in our wilderness right where we are. Now watch this. Don't think that having a wilderness experience is something to be ashamed of. Because if God's chosen people had to wander in the wilderness for over 40 years and Jesus could survive a wilderness experience that lasted 40 days and 40 nights while being tempted by the devil, then surely he knows how we feel when we're in our wilderness. He knows that many of us find ourselves on the verge of giving up and giving in. Some of us have given in to our pain and misery. We've given in to discouragement and doubt. We've lost our faith and given up wondering if God still sits high and looks low. And we began to wonder and ask ourselves, will this wilderness ever end? Well, the good news on this morning is that the answer, the answer may lie in the experiences and ministry of John the Baptist. Because the Bible says that he was found crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord and make straight his path. You see, John knew how to survive in the wilderness because the Lord sent him there. I think I just said something. You see, if you're in right relationship with the Lord, wherever you are on your journey of faith, even now, it is not by accident. It's because the Lord has sent you there. Wherever you are in your life on today, it is not by accident because the Lord sent you there. And as far as I know, there are only two reasons the Lord would send us in the wilderness. The first 
is to solve a problem that folk living in the wilderness cannot solve on their own. And number two, to recognize and solve a wilderness problem that's lurking in your own life. And so if the Lord sent you to the wilderness, then the Lord will surely provide providential provisions for you while you're there. And what this means for us on today is that we're not experiencing the wilderness of COVID-19 by accident. We're experiencing COVID-19's wilderness because God wants us to. Think about it. When God sent John to the wilderness, his clothing was scarce. His food was simple. All John had at his disposal were three things, and the same three things that helped John to survive his wilderness are the same three things that will help us to survive our wilderness as well. You see, John had a sense of purpose, a clear proclamation, and a promise from God that could not be denied. John's purpose was to prepare the way for the Lord. Listen to Mark verses 1 through 3 again. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it was written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. You see, John knew that no matter what his circumstances were, he was called to prepare God's people for the coming of the Lord. And just like John, regardless of our circumstances, and no matter what our individual situations may be, the Lord has given each of us a purpose. And so once we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we also receive at the same time an assignment from God that God purposed for us to do. And whatever our purpose is, we're to do it to the glory of God. Whatever our profession or career may be, we should do it to the glory of God. Whatever our state of mind or socioeconomic condition may be, we ought to live it to the glory of God. Whether we're on our beds of affliction, standing in the unemployment line, or living in a homeless shelter, our lives should demonstrate our faith in God. And so as long as we're doing what God has purposed us to do, we'll always have a proclamation. We'll always have a faith story or a testimony of hope. And if we are alive and in the land of the living on today, then all of us should have a testimony about the goodness of the Lord. We didn't make it this far in life on our own strength and power, but only by the grace of God have we arrived at this place in salvation history and only by the grace of God has God decided to extend our lives and 
some of us can tell the story about how God has made a way out of no way and for others of us to tell the story about how I got over, how I got over, my soul looks back and wonder how I got over. You see, that's our proclamation, and we need to share it. You see, God made a way out of no way so that we can tell somebody how God fed us when we were hungry, comforted us when we were lonely, and protected us from COVID-19. We're still alive on today because the Lord wants us to tell somebody that it was God who kept us when we were sleeping on the streets and naked without any clothes and lost with no possibility of being found. I just stopped by to tell somebody that we have a story to proclaim and people need to hear it. And I've also come to realize that the best stories come from people who have held on to God's promises. The best stories come from those who refuse to let the wilderness conquer their trust in God. Somebody said through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus and I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon God's word. And the good news on today is that God will not leave us in this wilderness all by ourselves. According to the text, we have a promise that God will show up and he may not come when we want him, but he's promised to show up right on time. And that's a promise we've got to hold on to. I'm sure that somebody told John that the Lord would never show up. They told him that he was wasting his time doing ministry in the wilderness. But as I look out with my sanctified imagination, I can see John on a hot afternoon doing what God purposed him to do. John was preaching and baptizing. I can see him accepting whosoever would to become candidates for baptism. Can you see him receiving folk one by one as they confess their sins unto salvation? Can you see him baptizing sinners upon their confession of faith? And when John least expected it, a man from Galilee shows up in John's wilderness, and his name was Jesus. Jesus wanted to be baptized. And just like John, when you're on purpose for the Lord, when you're busy proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, and when you're confident that the promises of God will not come back void, unexpectedly and out of nowhere, Jesus will show up in your wilderness. Jesus will show up 
during your COVID-19 experience. And at that very moment, you realize that you are not alone. You realize that even though you may be in a wilderness situation, Jesus will enter your wilderness and provide you with overcoming power. And he'll enter your wilderness and conquer all your fears. Jesus will enter your wilderness and turn your midnights into day. Jesus will enter your wilderness and turn your desolation into a declaration of delight. And Jesus will enter your wilderness and turn your wrong way life into a highway to heaven. And so I just stop by to let somebody know on today that the way to survive in the wilderness is to fulfill your purpose, proclaim God's goodness, and be confident in knowing that no matter how bad your wilderness may be, no matter how long you've been walking in the wilderness, no matter how long you've had your head low, no matter how long folk have held their feet on your neck I want you to know that you won't be in your wilderness all by yourself because God promises to never leave you nor forsake you and all you've got to do is to wait wait I say on the Lord and be of good courage and in God's own time God will deliver you in God's own time you shall release yourself and on God's own time you shall survive your wilderness God bless you on today and amen been a long time but our change is surely going to come we can allow those who do not know Jesus and the pardoning of their sin to infect how we think and feel about Jesus for those of you who have lived in a wilderness you know how treacherous it can be. And for those who don't understand wilderness, if even in this, the 21st century, backstabbing and backbiting, throwing shade and throwing you under the bus, if you've been there, then you know how difficult life can be. But I've come on today to let you know that if you keep your hand in God's hand, in God's own time, you shall have victory in Jesus' name. And all you have to do is step out on faith, give your hand to the preaching your heart to God, and God will allow you to enter into his kingdom 
All you have to do is to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, that he is the Son of God. You shall be saved. And if you're here on today and you're outside of the ark of safety, we're going to ask you to come. And if you're here and you need prayer, I want you to call area code 402-455-1000, option three. There'll be somebody there to receive your call and pray with you. We have now come to the time where we observe our Lord's Supper. Each month we take time to observe one of the ordinances in our church. And so on today, we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive the Holy Communion. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we come to you as humbly as we know how. Asking now, O oh Lord, that you would clear our minds, that you would cleanse our heart, that you would make us righteous in your sight, that we might be able to receive these elements, and that we do so in remembrance of you. We ask this prayer now. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.
on that fateful night in which our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was betrayed. He took the bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us commune together. In the same manner, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood, which is forgive, given to you for the remission of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us commune together. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you once again for allowing your son, Jesus Christ, to go to the cross, who sacrificed his life, that we might have eternal life. Lord God, we thank you that because of his broken body and his shed blood, that our sins are forgiven. It should have been me on that cross but Lord God, you stood in my place, and therefore we have to say thank you. Now, Lord God, as we move forward, we ask that you will continue to keep God and direct us. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.